We are back. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome <sighs> to the uh, In Between Sets podcast, everyone. Episode two, which has been highly anticipated. Um, thank you for all of the positive um, remarks and comments that we've had and inboxes and DMs and people actually coming up to us face to face, which is nuts. Um, saying that they love the podcast. So to all you beautiful people, thank you so much. Um, I've got to say, I've had I've had very little interaction on social media about the podcast. I've had more face to face interaction oh, about same. how it's how it's been, which uh, is pretty it's, cool. It's marvelous. It's only until recently that I've had a few messages from people saying, "When's the next episode?" I've had three messages today saying, "When's the new episode?" Which was really fucking cool. It is. It is. It is nuts. Like I, I, I expected nobody to listen to it. Like I, I know we put it up on our social medias, and we've both got like you know a de- a good amount of followers. But it was yeah, like within the first twenty four hours, we had thirty streams. Like like that isn't like thirty starts. That's people listen to it for more than a couple of minutes, which is mad. Um, and we've had a good few people listen to it all the way through in like different sessions. So you, you, I can see those metrics on the. On the, uh, pretty- on the don't thing. worry guys this time it's not going to be two hours and 20 minutes long we're going to stick to a program we're going to get better at this well i mean we might it depends how carried away we get that's, <laughs> but that's no. true. I, I do have some great questions and i've got something i want to talk about in this podcast so well actually no I, i'll probably do the questions and because we're going to do two podcasts this week i'll probably talk about the other thing on the next one yeah. i want to talk about my tw- 22 inspirations that's a topic i want to go over <laughs> i love it man i love it we um yeah so just from myself and from both of us um thank you to everyone that's listened so far you are absolutely smashing um big shout out to lee as well leroy or leroy i'm butchering your name every single time it was nice to have a, a message from yourself so thank you very much um and yeah let's sort of crack on with it how's your hey thank you for about it Yes, yes, no, thank you for sharing it on your story as well, which was nice. Yeah, uh, thank you to everybody that's given us some positive feedback from it. It's been absolutely fucking sickening, the fact that you guys enjoy listening to it and enjoy the topics that we've gone over, you sick little fuckers. Absolutely love it. And because it's a podcast and it goes on Spotify, I'm allowed to swear and do whatever I fucking want, and I love that. Didn't realise I could do it the last one, so I'm just going to make it more, just more casual, more casual, more kickback. I'm going to try not to, I'll try not to curse too much, but with passion comes comes a little bit of cursing. So let's try we'll get straight into it. We've got five questions each, which is pretty fucking sick. And the in between the sets podcast. It's uh, go on, you go first. In between sets, Lou. In between sets. What did I say? In between the sets. In between the sets. Oh, sorry. In between sets. My bad. Because in between the sets is another podcast, so I, I sharply found out when I when I created this the other week, is there's like three other podcasts that are all gym related, <laughs> called either in between in between the sets, in between sets, uh, in space between space sets. But there's so many of them, but we're the only one that's got in between spelled incorrectly because I'm I'm an autist. Yes. <laughs> so we uh yeah we're the only one. Young. But, uh, class cool. Cool, cool, cool so in between sets is that this that's what we're calling it in between sets uh, uh, cool. well for the minute for the minute anyways <laughs> until one of them reaches out and says you're more popular than us stop calling it that <laughs> <laughs> like yeah we'll invite you on the podcast bro don't worry 
But uh, yes, it was our Why first, first push session. Say again, bud. I was just saying, we'll get them on the podcast and uh, we'll ask them why they think their podcast is failing. <laughs> why is your podcast failing? Those are two episodes up. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right, we'll jump into it. We've got five questions each. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. What you got? Hit me with your first one. So I've got a few. Um, we'll start with the... We'll start with an easy one. So... What is your favourite day from your current split? Um, so this is the dude that asked what's our favourite exercise last time, but this is now the same dude, uh, War Joe, um, good friend of mine. He said, what's mm-hmm. our favourite day from the current split? So you go first. I'll ask you. Cool. Okay, so people have got a bit of context. We have push-pull rest, and then we have push-pull legs and rest so we do quite a bit of pushing and pulling as you can see arms is tagged on to pretty much every session except one of them and that's our current run and it's a tricky question that because i love this program that we're running uh, i absolutely adore each session um current favorite is push b because when you do a push a on monday if that's a good session, if that progresses, I know for a fine fact on push B on the Thursday, I'm going to all-time PB. That's where I'm currently at the moment with strength and training performance. Everything's everything's an all-time PB now. It's, it's fucking unreal. So push B would be my favorite session. And the reason behind that is because I adore incline dumbbell press because it was my hated exercise. I fucking despise incline pressing. But in the last 20 weeks, we've managed to get it up to a half-decent weight. We're now moving 60-kilogram dumbbells, which is pretty fucking sexy. And I get to do the flat smith. So, yeah, I would say, for me, push B is my favourite, and that's my reasons why. So I'm kind of with the same boat, like, similar, because I, I know, right, if Monday and Tuesday go really well, I know for a fact that Thursday and Friday are going to be sick work, are going to be sick sessions, are going to PB because I've progressed a couple of days before, as long as I get the you know, correct sleep and stuff in between. So I'd say our lat-focused pull day is my favourite because that's the one I feel like has progressed most um, over the past, well, in this mesocycle, which is quite nice. Um, but I do adore Thursday, which is push B as well, the same as you. I love the dumbbell incline press. I, I used to, the same as yourself, we used to fucking hate it when we first got into it. Like, because it's different to a flat dumbbell press. Like, it's, I almost feel like you have to travel further back with the dumbbells. And when they get heavier, like, that's a ball ache. <laughs> Whereas with heavy dumbbells and the flat dumbbell press, I don't think it's that bad. Like, you can get into it a little bit easier or if they get to a certain. No, you're definitely right there. Getting into position on a flat press compared to an incline press is a, is a different ball game. But uh, it's, it's a, now one of my favourite exercises, I think I said in the last podcast, it's now one of the greatest things because I've progressed it like a motherfucker, uh, which is quite nice. So, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, aye. What's your... Let's, uh, let's talk about your rate of uh, progression. I want to try and get it get it out there a little bit because I've been training now 16 years, longer, uh, but properly training 10 and then intensely training for four. You've only been intensely training... You haven't done the volume training. You haven't done all the other bullshit. You've done intense training for three years. 
and you moved on to an exercise that you didn't do, which was the incline press. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure your incline press went from top set of 30 kilogram dumbbells to now 50 in 21 weeks, or was it higher at the start? Um, I think, so what would it have been? Because I remember at Reebok, the Reebok gym, my flat press was like 36. And I think when I tried to do the incline, which I'm weaker at, I think it was it was close, it was about 30, 32 and a half, I think. It was it was between 30 and 34, I'd say, because their their dumbbells went up in two, didn't they? It was like 30, 32, 34, 36, 38, 40s, wasn't it? Yeah. In that in that one. So I wouldn't argue with you. I think it was 32, I want to say. I think 30, we'll say 32 for argument's sake. Um yeah, so when we first started doing incline dumbbell press, when I first when I first started training, I went from like incline pressing like the 10 kilo dumbbells like in a space of time to the 30, we'll say 32s. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was that. Um and then I kind of stalemated on them for a little bit and then we took it out and we moved on to something else. And then we moved over to vision and started fucking around with that. And then Max gave you your like we, we trained there for a, for a period of time and then you got the and you got Max as your coach and then you put that in and I think I started um again at the same weight when we when we messed around with it like earlier in the year of about 32 34 um and then yeah just slowly progressed up obviously with it being in the training program properly now and it's not us just fucking around when we go in and like sort of sticking to the same compounds but then changing stuff in between like we stick to the same thing now and having doing that consistent consistently um yeah i've managed to progress from like the low 30s to i i'm moving the 50s now which is quite a nice quite a nice feeling um not for very yeah. many like i think i got two plus one the other last time we did it but i think that's more because they're so big <laughs> they're just so fucking big um like I'm, I'm having trouble stabilizing them like going from the the 40s and the 45s which are dramatically smaller than the 50s in our current gym like i'm talking inches aside smaller um well that's about six inches so about six inches <laughs> it's like but for our audio listeners um uh, that was a penis joke um but the yeah I, I i think i progressed that quite well just through consistency really hitting it consistently and training or failure really i didn't go through that that phase of you know like like german volume training and doing like four sets of ten and all that crap and drop sets and stuff i think I've, i don't know i think just listening to you and, and watching the people i find interested to watch like you know like kuba jp uh james hollingshead you know ian valier even well chris bumstead used to do similar training styles to ian and uh, not so much anymore now he's got big honey he does the fst7 stuff don't you know um then you've uh who else Josh Bridgman as well, like he and Joe Brightman do similar styles of training. And I like, I just sort of copied them and listened to you and just trained with super high intensity, highest weight possible for, you know, a lower volume, but means you can progress quicker, which was the whole point of it. So, yes, something I added to, something, to, something to understand that if you do the, if you stick to the same exercises and you grind it out, you will get very, very, very fucking strong at those exercises. And that's exactly what you should be doing. So yeah. I know he's on, but if he's on, stop swapping and changing your exercises. Hashtag life goals. 
I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think it does make a massive difference when you, like, even if you don't have a coach, right? Even if you, you say, you say to yourself, right, these are my favorite exercises. I'm going to hit them consistently on a day, consistently each week. So that could be, you could have a, you know, an upper lower um, split. You could have a push pull leg split. You could have full body, whatever you're doing. It doesn't really matter as long as you hit those same exercises consistently and like log your stuff down or make a mental note of it then progression will always be there as long as you hit it with intensity, like this four sets of 10 and get like, a that's where you should just get a program, stick to it, just yeah. run it for like 20, 20 odd weeks, run it until it fucking crushes you until you can't do that exercise until you can't progress it any further. That's exactly what you should be doing. Then use some intensifier techniques and progress it a little bit more and then swap it out when it's completely fucking dud. Uh, but yes, cool. What was that question? Uh, What's your favorite? Oh, so Thursday, to be accurate, push B is my favorite day, and your favorite day, which isn't. Um, uh, I think I've got two. I like Thursday. I've got a... You can't pick two. You just can't. Yeah, it's Thursday. be a grown up and pick one. It's, it's, it's Thursday, isn't it? <laughs> be a grown up and suck dick. What? <laughs> yeah, for you have to clip yeah, gonna... yeah, this this is a pretty fun question to be honest. Um, I'm not going to name who's asked the questions because obviously I haven't asked them if, if that's okay to do so. But this one could be a quite personal one as well, which is why I'm not going to shout them out. But mm. um, regaining mindset after a time off. How do you get back into the zone? How do you get training? How do you get it all back up and running? How do you make that? that that gap because it can be it can be shit it really can be i mean fucking hell the the i'm, I'm gonna dive straight into it by the way just something yeah, yeah, i'm gonna wrap because i understand the pressures that we have on ourselves before we even go to the gym how do i look how are other people gonna see me i'm not gonna be strong i'm gonna be all over the fucking shop, like Bambi and stuff and whatnot. All those pressures inside your head because you think everybody else in the gym is going to be watching it. You're looking at it, you're thinking that you're stupid. All that pressure on its on its own stops you from going to the gym. So I guess mindset after some time off is an absolute biggie. Um, and when I had to go back to the gym, being an absolute fat fuck with no testosterone inside my system, that was definitely a hard, hard, uh, hard thing to do because I went from being half decent to being a complete useless fuck to be fair <laughs> so i would say getting screwed on before you go into the gym is probably the best thing that you can do and my biggest advice would be bin every everybody off in your head to bin them all off i don't care what anybody else thinks i don't care about what how how anybody else is progressing I don't care if they're competing or not competing. Just stop thinking about, like, use it for motivation. Don't get me wrong. Actually, use other people for education. But yeah. for, for the short term, stop thinking about everybody else and just focus on yourself. That's probably the best thing you can do because there's nothing. Like, I, dro I, I dropped my social media account from I was following 1,500 people. Why the fuck am I following 1,500 people? Are you mental? I don't know 1,500 people. Mine's now down to 300. I only follow people that I actually know or find them inspirational. That's probably a good trick to do. Change your um, change your social medias. Make sure that you you're absorbing information of things that's actually valuable. Stop watching people that are millionaires driving around in G wagons, acting like a twat. Fuck off. That's not motivational. Follow real people. Um, and I would definitely. <laughs> 
I would say start. Just fucking start. Get your head switched on. Understand that this is your progress and nobody else's. And it doesn't matter where your starting point is because your first six weeks, you're going to kaboom. Just stick to your fucking program and get in there. Just just start. It's the hardest part. Get in there. I think I, I would echo everything you said. Like, I think it is hard having... So I can only speak from personal experience. I can't speak for anybody else. When I first started going to the gym, I thought everybody was watching me because I'm, you know, I was fat. And someone, I'm not going to mention the name, but it wasn't you. <laughs> but someone said this to me not too long ago, and he's a very good friend of mine. He's a lot older than me, a lot wiser, um, and has, has sort of been through all this before. He's now older and sort of has, has accomplished everything he wants. And he said to me, um, mortal one night, because <laughs> I was speaking to him about it, he said, think of it this way. Do you remember when you were in high school and you did something embarrassing that you thought was embarrassing? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can remember loads. He's like, can you remember anyone else doing anything like that? Like, other than massive stupid things like shit in the pants in the cafeteria or something like that, which I didn't do. But, like, like things that you would think are embarrassing. Can you remember anyone else doing that? And I go, no. He's like, because everyone's thinking the same as you. Everyone's so worried about themselves and not looking at other people. And that, like, when I, when I started to, like, extract that and think about that, it was like, everyone in the gym, right, and no matter how jacked they are, no matter how fat they are, whatever, whatever, you, whatever, wherever you are in the journey of achieving your greatest self, because that's what everyone is in there to do, everyone's thinking something similar. They're so focused on themselves that they don't even notice other people. So stop thinking everyone's looking at you because nine times out of 10, they're not. And if someone is, then they're a knobhead. Um, and you're always going to get knobheads anywhere you go, other than RJ. RJ's kind of good. Um, <laughs> shout out Viking. But yeah, that's the biggest thing for me is nobody's actually looking at you because no one cares. No one cares about you. Everyone cares about themselves. And you just just do you. The, as Louis said, just start, just go. It's the it's the hardest part is getting the motivation to, I am going to better myself this year or this month or whatever. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be the best person I can be for that hour, two hours, whatever. And I'm going to leave feeling great. And switching yourself on before the gym, like I used to do this. I don't do this so much now, like unless it's like I'm I'm going in for a one rep max sort of thing. But I'll watch training videos of someone doing something similar like that day. So like an Ian Valier push video or a leg video, like a like a C bum pull video or something like that. Like I'll watch them, even though I'm I know I'm never gonna look like them. Like it's the intensity that these people bring to their workouts and it, it can rub off on you almost like a a mental pre-workout if you will like just watching someone that loves this just as much as you if not more doing that like it sort of motivates you a little bit like maybe one day i can lift something similar or, or push or whatever and i just focus on yourself just do you fuck everybody else because no one's opinion matters like even the people closest to you like your partner your mom your dad your brother your sister whatever like yes you value those people but Ultimately, their opinion doesn't matter. The only person's opinion that matters is yours. And when I finally nailed that, and I finally realized that, I started actually having fun in the gym instead of worrying about like pulling my shirt down or putting a hoodie on all the time or or trying to hide my body and my physique. It, I just went, ah, fuck it. Like, I'll just do what I want to do because this makes me happy. I don't care what anyone else thinks. And when I started doing that, like training 
accelerated massively because I was no no longer focused on does that dude think I'm fat or does this like whatever like I just focused on me and training has been hasn't been the same since it's been amazing every single time I think I went into a bit of a bit of a rabbit hole there but you get what I'm trying to say <laughs> I get it I probably I'm going to throw one more thing on top of it as well um best way to keep yourself motivated and keep yourself on track especially when you've been off for a very long time is actually have a program actually yeah, have absolutely. Absolutely. don't be going to the gym going right i need to get to the gym then when you get there what do i do you I'll should go walk around you'll end up going to a cardio yeah you'll end up going to a cardio machinery and look around then you'll be intimidated by the equipment that's being used and not being used and then you'll you'll make it all up and you'll not have a very good time you'll not feel like you've progressed you'll not feel like you've done anything and it will just deflate the fuck out of you so have a program um, if you've used one before, jump on that one. If you haven't used one before, have a chat with someone and get a program that's specific to you. Yeah. And then that way, when you go into the gym, you switched on. I know exactly what exercises I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm trying to push. I know exactly what rep schemes I'm going for. Go and then nail it. Write the fucker down and then beat that the, next, the week after or the two weeks after, whenever you do the next rotation. Yeah. Get a plan and fucking execute. That's how you do it. That's how you get back into the game. I agree. I agree. Like going in and fumbling around, like like trying to guess what you want to do, even if even if you don't speak to anyone, but there's things that you think you want to do, just write it down. It you could be in there half an hour, you could be in there two hours. It doesn't matter. As long as you know before you get there, or when you even when you get there, you sit down, you look at the equipment and go, right, I want to do that, I want to do that, I want to do that. Write it down and, and just have in your head like that's what you're gonna do. If you've never stepped foot in a gym before, like ask someone behind the desk. Like they'll probably try and sell you their personal coaching or whatever. Ignore that. Just ask them for like, you know, what bits of equipment would you recommend? Because that's much less intimidating than speaking to just a random gym floor person. Go to someone behind the desk or message me or Louis. Like people uh, that follow us but have never spoken to us before. If you want any advice and anything, like we're not going to give you a training plan or anything like that, but just any advice. Um just send the question like nine times out of 10, everyone's super friendly in the gym. Um, Just, yeah, just go and do it. Just have something nailed in your head or ask for advice and then nail it yourself. That's all I'll say on that. If, if somebody asks, and we're going to tail off here, but it's just because it happened today. If somebody asks you for, uh, if you ask somebody for advice and you get some and it makes no sense, remember you've just got three seconds worth of information. Do a little bit of research behind it. Because yeah. there was a young lad that asked me, <laughs> He went, can I work in with you there? I'm going to do some uh, shoulder pressing as well. I was like, you absolutely can, but I'm not shoulder pressing. He's like, all right, okay. I saw that you were doing that with raises first. Is that how you start your push days? And then you do shoulder press. I was like, no, 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 I don't overhead press anymore. I haven't done for like, 30, like 22 weeks. And my shoulders have gotten even bigger. And he just looked at us with the world's greatest confusion. And I, I know for a fact that I, I probably should have talked to him a little bit further to give him the information, but that would have been five or 10 minutes. Yeah. And Lucia was about to do a product of 27.5 shoulder press. Shout out to Lucia, you fucking beast. <laughs> um, beast. Yeah, my, my, attention, my attention was on her. But yeah, if you're going to ask people for advice and it sounds extremely contradicting, uh, don't take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, speak to people that you fucking, that you fault like. My, um, speak to someone that you know. That's that's the better way to put it, just to do it. Speak to someone that you know, someone that you follow for quite a bit of time. and You, you know that they know what they're talking about. Go have a chat with them. Get a program. Get in the gym and fucking execute the bitch. Yeah. All right. What's your next question? Uh, 
what have we got? So the next few I've got, I'm going to do all the lifting related questions I've got, and then at the end we'll do the, the more fun ones. <laughs> so this is from someone that listened to our last podcast, and he said, same dude before, uh, same dude as before. Just curious, in the last episode you said essential amino acids uh, are non-essential. Why? <laughs> So the reason I said that it's a little bit of a joke. Like they're not non-essential. Like they are useful, but if they are, I'd say they're they're marketed towards people that are just looking to buy supplements. You don't, in my opinion, you don't need essential amino acids if you're eating food within an hour either side of your training, because it's all the EAs are is just break down a protein. That it's just protein, flavored protein. That's all it is. Um, and if you're eating within an hour to an hour and a half before going to the gym, and then you're doing the same thing after, I think anyways, the essential amino acids aren't going to have a, a, a benefit or a negative impact. It just doesn't really matter because you're already going to have those nutrients in your system anyways. You're going to have the protein uh, digested. But you're... Say again? You could I'll take what you're saying there and show you how the non-essential. I'll take what you're saying there. Oh. I'm back. Yeah, yeah, you're back. You're back. Go on. I'm back. No. Yeah, yeah you're back. No. You're back. Uh, I'll I'll take what you're saying now and I'll uh, I'll show you how the non-essential. Because if you're saying there, if you eat an hour and a half beforehand or after, you're going to be fine. And people are going to hear that and go. So if I don't, if I, so if I'm at work and I train at lunchtime and I don't get to eat, eat until I get home, I need to have essential amino acids. No, 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 you still don't. Essential amino acids are not essential. Don't have them. I'm just going to throw that out there. Stop having them. They're a very expensive supplement to get a hold of. There's no need for them. Do you know why I use them? Because I like flavoring my water that I drink. Same. That's why I have them. <laughs> That's literally it. Like it's... I'd rather have 20 grams of, well, 10 grams of protein. I'd rather get a little 10 gram of protein on my drink. Then and I don't track it by the way. If anyone's wondering, no, that does not go towards my two hundred grams of protein that I eat on a daily basis. They are not essential. They're really on. What should be essential is creatine. It should be essential for creatine yeah. and the amino acids. Fuck them, have them if you want. They're really good for flavoring your water. That's literally it. If you have carbs and an intra shake, it's fantastic to throw it in there as well. Uh, but other than that, no essential amino acids. They really should have just been called amino acids because they're just not, baby. They're just not. Yeah, and, and like again, like, like someone asked me a question about uh, BCAs as well, BCAAs. Like that's also a gimmick as well. Like if if you are gonna buy one of the two, get essential amino acids because um, branch chain amino acids or BCAAs are essentially just a breakdown of EAAs, and it's just a money, it's a money grabbing gimmick. I think both of those things. If you've got your nutrition dialed, um, eat not even nutrition dialed, but if you're eating either side of the gym within and i'd say an hour and a half either side they're just not essential or beneficial to your workout at all if you want to if you want to spend 40 quid on a fucking 500 gram packet then do it but um if you want to save yourself a little bit of money don't give in to the gimmick of a lot of these you know instagram fitness influencers trying to sell them they're not going to benefit you as much as they're saying, like it less, I'm talking less than half a percent. Um, people use them in their intros, yeah, creatine, protein. Yeah, I'd say creatine, definitely. Everybody, I'd, don't, when, don't, 
you, you muted it. Say again, bud. Yeah, I lost you there. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, um, creatine, protein, huh. uh, pre-work, and uh, dextrose. Yeah, I agree, Matt. Pretty much the only. Re- yeah, I agree. Matt. Everything else just a, is is an extra. Yeah, it, it will it, make less than a percent of a difference. Just flash and everything else. And one just actually is just because you have a supplement cover that's cost four hundred quid a month doesn't mean you're big. I'm just going to throw it out there. Just because you're drinking essential amino acids and you're drinking your creatine, you've got your glutamine every single morning, all that random shit, just because you're doing that, you're not going to get big. You, you need to train really fucking hard and eat loads of food. Yeah, well, they're exactly what they are. They're supplements. They're to supplement your training and to supplement your nutrition. Like, then they shouldn't be relied upon. I'd even go as far as saying protein powder as well. Like, you shouldn't rely on protein powder to be hitting your daily protein goals unless your protein is massive and you know obviously have a protein shake or, or two every single day like that's fine or stick it in your oats or whatever but you I, I see far too many people and when i say see i mean i've spoken to far too many people that see i drink you know four or five protein shakes a day to try and hit my protein goals try your best to get as much of that out of food as physically possible and then use protein as to supplement it because that's what it is it's a supplement it's not something you should rely on like i say i've I bought a two and a half kilogram bag of my protein protein um six months ago and like I I've, I'm still using it um which it might be out of date by now <laughs> but I'm still using it um because I don't I, I don't rely on protein shakes as well so you could say that they're non-essential as well like you don't need protein powder to to get big but it's definitely you can definitely use it but creatine if I, if I would recommend any supplement you take every single day it would be creatine is it's the most studied, it's got the most science back behind it, and it's been shown to have very positive effects on training when it comes to how much power you can generate, your muscles holding on to water, uh, um, and it makes you look bigger, it fills you out a little bit when used properly, but you have to take it all the time. You have to take it every single day consistently, otherwise it just doesn't work. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's my, Thank you. my two pence on it. Cool. Uh, essential amino acids are not essential just simply because they're a breakdown of protein body and that's it. The 10 yeah. grams of protein, it's not going to make or break you and don't count it towards your, your actual protein intake. I don't know a single person out there at a high level that does it. If you ask any any competitor at the minute, they'll probably tell you the same thing. I do not count my eight years towards my my protein content. So if they're not doing it, I wouldn't recommend you do it either. I mean, just look uh, at whose question would it be? It's been... oh, sorry, say again. Hmm? Oh, I, I said Seabum's video from like a year ago in his last prep. He was like, oh, I'm having EAAs because I want to make a slushy. <laughs> and I want to, I just don't want to have ice in a cup. He's like, I want to flavor it. So that's why I'm putting the AAs in it. And like you see, like if you look at the tub, you hardly use them. It was practically brand new, like most of the supplements, to be fair. But like even at the highest level, like they're, they're not, they're not relying on them or, or saying that they, they need them in their intro every single day. Um, just before we go to the next one, bud, we've got two minutes left of this meeting, so I'll uh, I'll quickly stop this one and start the new one. Okay, go go go. And we'll go into your question. Uh, one sec. We'll be back. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. My man. 
Hi, we're back. So, what is your next question, sire? Oh, you're gonna mouthful of food. <laughs> Always eating. Always eating. Hmm. So this is like a two-parter. Um, we'll break it down nice and easy, basically. What is your essential gym equipment that each gym needs to have? And what is your favorite piece of kit that you're currently using at the moment? Which is a very fun good question. I like that. Because depending on which gym you go to, well, if you're properly into it, I'm not, I can't be the only person that does this. You research your gym before you sign up to it. You'll have a look on Instagram, find out what equipment they've got, find out what kind of caliber people train there. Then you'll go visit and have a look at it. And you'll run it and see if the equipment's any decent. But essential equipment, a hack squat, a Smith machine, and a cable station is an absolute fucking essential. If the gym doesn't have that, bend it off. A dumbbell rack that goes up to at least 60 kilograms, but even that is now outdated. People are strong as fuck these days. It should go up to 70, 80 kilograms. Um, but yeah, um, absolutely essential is a cable station, a hack squat, and a Smith machine. I agree. No, I agree massively. Um, I think the every single gym will have a free weight section, dumbbell section, so we can leave that off the list. But I'd say, yeah, definitely a Smith. Um, watch out. Some Smiths are heavier than others. So if you're dead strong on one Smith and you go to another and you're not as strong, don't worry about it. Like the Cybex Smith is a little bit assisted, but then you've got the, the Hammer Strength Smiths, which are, aren't assisted at all. So just watch out for those things. But the yeah, a Smith... Definitely a hack squat. I think it's it's massively underrated. I mean, if you look at anyone with big legs, they use the hack squat. Anyone that's got big legs has a decent hack squat or is using it red, like religiously. Um, and then it would it'd be hard to argue. Like I'm trying to play the devil's advocate with you, but the, the cable thing as well. Like there are so many things that you could do on the cable if there's not other bits of equipment there. Like if you don't have a pec deck, you can use you can use cups and, and use the the cables for flying uh, for like a pec fly, um or like a like a cable press. Um, if you don't have like dumbbells or whatever, you can use the cable stacks as well. Um, and you can do pretty much anything you want on the cables. Um, I'd say if I was to add another bit of equipment from what you've said, which I think would be essential would be some form of some form oh he's of... going to I, I, i'm trying to think you're going to say something. you're going to try and say something along the lines of something you need to do a hip hinge just a deadlift platform because you're trying to think of an essential movement that you need but you can do a deadlift anywhere yeah, you could do it. Well, you could do a you can do hip hinges of dumbbells, which is why I didn't say it. I was going to say like a deadlift platform, but you can you can do stiffs or RDLs of dumbbells, so like it doesn't really thingy. Um, and you could you can squat with a Smith as well if you wanted to, and you've got the hack squat there. Um, See, I was going to say some sort, of, some sort of like row bit of equipment, but then you can do <laughs> you can do those with the cables. Uh, you know, as long as you've got a gym pin there. Um, I'm just trying to think. Matt, I, I think you could pretty much do anything and everything you wanted to do with those three bits of equipment. Maybe, maybe a leg. Well, I think, I think a leg. To a certain extent. Say again. That's a, that's a, 
that's essential kit. That's like as a bare minimum, that's what the gym needs. Now, don't get me wrong. If the gym has that, doesn't that doesn't mean it's the best gym in the, in the world. That's no. just the, the basics. If you go into a gym and like a pure gym, because not all of them have it. If you go into a pure gym and it doesn't have a hack squat, start looking for another local gym for you to use because yeah. the hack squat is going to become an essential piece of equipment that you're going to need. If it doesn't have a really good cable station, and I'm not just talking about the shit ones that have like a lat pull down on one side and then the cable stations in the middle. If you can't actually manipulate whereabouts the handle goes up and down and stuff or whatnot, bin that off, find yourself another local one. And if it hasn't got a, like a, a few decent Smith machines, bin it off and find another one. You need those three pieces of equipment pretty much nearly every single session that you're going to go through. Um, so you need... But favourite pieces of equipment is a fucking great question. Should we say because it, it's too hard to pick an absolute favorite? Do you want to say your two or three favorite bits of equipment? No, nah, my favorite piece of equipment is the Arsenal T Barrow. That is my favorite piece of equipment. I love it. Absolutely adored. I do like that. I do like that. I'd say my favorite, and not because it's the most effective, it's just the thing I like because I'm, you know, me. Is probably you're gonna fuck the Cybex leg extension, aren't you? You fucking twat. Say again, sorry. You're gonna say the Cybex leg extension, aren't you? You fucking twat. Nah, I don't like the Cybex one. I like the Prime one though. The Prime one. It'd be. It would be. It's. It's a toss up between the Prime leg extension because it's class. Um. No. No. You like the Prime leg extension because you're really strong at it. You twat. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or. Uh, I really like that gym, the seated gym shop, the gym shop's uh, seated press. I really fact, do like that. You see, I'd, I'd, right, okay, I do like the gym shop flat press, right? I do enjoy it because it peaks at the contraction when, when, you're, when you're at your shortest. Yeah. That's and that's like really, it. really sexy movement for chest. It really is. If you can get a contraction on there when it's at the shortest, that's absolutely lovely. I get that. But that's the reason why it's not my favourite piece of equipment for chest. It's because it gets hardest at its shortest range. And I personally don't like that. I much prefer when it gets harder in the deepest part of the range when I'm at like fully lengthened. Yeah. I much prefer that. Yeah. So I would, I like it, but it's definitely not my favorite piece of equipment by any means. I would rather do a flat Cybex press, a Cybex Smith press. I'd rather do that. I, I do I do like the flat the flat Smith press we do. I do like it. It's not my favorite bit of, I can't say the Smith is my favorite bit of equipment. Because it's the, it is the most versatile. You can do all sorts with the Smith, but it's just not my favorite. Like it's not the one I get excited for. I get I get excited for the probably the leg extension because yeah, I'm I'm, I'm strong at it, but it the contraction I get on the especially the prime one because you can mess about with the strength profiles on it. That's the one I like the most. Um, it's the one I have the most fun on. I'd say because it fucking kills you. But the yeah, it'd be the. The gym. Who's who's that texting? I'm keeping this podcast, by the way. I'm keeping it because later down the line, years down the line, when an insanely cool person asks, "What's your favorite piece of equipment?" I'm going to point at you and go, "This daft twat's favorite piece of equipment is a fucking leg extension," and everybody in the room's going to go, "What the fuck? What is wrong what's with yours? Him? What's your favorite one again?" An Arsenal T-bar row. A t and the Arsenal also the humbler. It is the humbler, but that's why I don't like it because I'm not strong at it because my ego is bigger than me. 
I'm not strong in it, but I fucking adore it. <laughs> I'd say we probably are fairly strong on it, to be fair. It's just because there's not very much weight on it. That's why it's so humbling, because the, the, the anchor point on it is so low down. Like, you're literally making the weight, like, two or three times as heavy. Um, uh, I, I, do, I, do, I, I do like it, but it's not my favourite. Um, I think your leg extension, you will. I'd, I'd probably say I like the, the, the gym shop seated flat press more than the leg extension because I, I feel like I enjoy that movement more because it, it does get harder as you get to the top, which I like. Um because it allows me to get out the hole and, and actually try and get the rep. Um if I'm like super like towards the end of like a back off or a top no, set. No, no. Yeah, but let's let's not forget let's not forget that you cause more you, you'll you'll grow more holding it in the lengthened position. Oh so absolutely. that's that's where everybody that's where everyone goes wrong in the gym shop press, though. I'm absolutely fucking sick of all these people going, right, so I'm going to stack it all the way up so I can make it as easy as possible. It's not how it works, you little fucking bitches. Get that seat further back. Get depth. Get depth. Get into it. Yeah, I, 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 oh. I, I like uh, That's why I like it, though, because because it does essentially, it does get easier in, into the hole, but it allows you to hold there a little bit. There's like, nothing you're... in the hole that drives me mental about it. I just <laughs> want it to be out at the bottom and bang you could move the seat forward a bit to get you to get you deeper in there that's exactly what we've done yeah but you could move it forward further if you wanted to no that's no no <laughs> no 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 but i will not fit in the machine and i'm I'm not that big but i will not fit in the machine that's just it was one notch down today and we we could barely get into the fucker. It was really frustrating. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But yeah, I like the I like the gym shop, uh, seated press. Um, and then it depends. It depends what mood I'm in. It'll be between the leg extension and the gym shop press. And yours is the the Arsenal T bar row. The Arsenal T bar row. There's not a for back movements and stuff or whatnot. It's just a hell of a piece of equipment to target your upper back. It's just sexy as fuck. Incredible contraction right the way through. Hold it at the top. It's it's just beautiful. Shits all over any other T-bar road that I've ever used. Just hands down. Yeah, I agree. I, re I really do like it uh, because of because of how much it humbles you. And you've really got to fight. Like when you get fatigued, because it's obviously super fucking hard, you have to fight for that last rep. It's like you're fighting for your life uh, on the last rep when you're trying to get it up there and get that squeeze. That, uh, it, is, it is good. But uh, uh, it's not my favourite. Uh, next, should we do the next question? Yeah, sweet. Uh, yours isn't it? It is. I think yeah, yeah. That was your question. Yeah, this is me. Um, interesting question. Which Go for it. which natty role models? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it is exactly as he said it. So, which natty role models? Question mark. It's hard to have a goal for what is achievable. Do you know any? Now, okay. This is how we this is how we debunk this situation, right? We're going to be the people that changes the culture of the world. We're going to start it on this podcast. The world. People are going to listen to it. Seriously, we're going to we're going to start it right here. We're going to change people's mindsets, right? Going back to what we're discussing before about mindsets when you come off when you've had a layoff and you're going back into the gym, and you're looking at people on social media for motivation and stuff or whatnot. Uh, this whole situation of people going, are they natural? Are they not? Uh, which natty people are what, what obtainable and stuff or whatnot? Stop caring. Stop giving a flying fuck. Because number one, you're never going to look like that person. Ever. 
if you're looking because if you're looking at a natural bodybuilder out there and you're not sure if they're on gear or not they probably look like a freak they're probably a keefy west they're just mental you're never going to look like that yeah because he's put years and years and years and years and years since he's been a fucking child he's 24 years old he hasn't stopped lifting and he's freakishly strong and he and he's, he goes for balls, balls to the wall intensity so my, i don't have any favorite uh, natural bodybuilders and i have no favorite assisted natural bodybuilders i don't sanction sanction them out like that i have favorite athletes that i go after because of how they how passionate and how hard they work regardless if they're assisted or not we need to stop people doing this stop looking at people going is that obtainable could i do that who should i follow that is more realistic fuck all that it doesn't matter if they're assisted or not or how they did it or how they achieved it. You're never going to look like them. You just focus on you and follow the people that give you the right age educational information. And if you find them motivational, follow them. Just don't follow people like fucking Cali Muscle and stuff, for God's sake. Please don't follow him. He needs to. Have you seen Cali Muscle's mukbang videos? Oh, fucking. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh my god, man, get a grip, will you? But um, it's just sort of follow on from what you're saying. I think a lot of people are in the mindset of he's assisted, so I'm just not going to bother trying. Like, I think the vast majority of people that use PEDs look like shit, and that is a fact. A lot of people that use PEDs, like, if you if you go to a gym. A lot of people in that gym, and this isn't me generalizing, this is me saying exactly how it is. A lot of people in that gym will be on PEDs, but you just won't know it because they're they're either not nailing the basics or they're they're just throwing drugs at stuff they don't need to. But most people don't look like shit on gear. The people that get famous are people that nail everything and and smash it and have a fantastic physique, whether they're enhan- enhanced. But then if you flip it to the the flip side. The natural bodybuilding side, where you've got like people like Keefe West, um, Finn Kelly, Josh Crogan. Uh, Josh Crogan's like a, a WMBF pro. Um, he's got a fantastic physique, right? And he's natural. If we're talking about, if we're going to shout people out because you're, you've shouted out a lot of people so far. If we're shouting people out in this podcast, we need to put AJ Morris in there because that guy's an absolute beast. And George AJ Osborne before you fucking went to the doctor. I was going to say, George Osborne used to be my favorite, but he's now, he's now sourced to the socks. So. He's not a. He's no, not he's, off to the socks. He's actually. He's, he's actually on 150 megs of test. He's just got normal amounts of test. Well, a high to not normal amount of test, but I don't think it matters. Like like the this this whole like whether they're natural or not. Like the the whole sort of stigma behind he's on gear, so I'm not going to try. Like the majority of people are fairly transparent about the gear use, and I, I just don't think it matters. This exactly what you're saying, like. A lot of people use it as an excuse to just say, "Well, I'm going to look like shit because I'm not going to I'm not going to take steroids uh, to look like that." That's the complete wrong approach to have to it. It's whether you want to take gear or not. Like, just do the best that you can. Stop comparing yourself, as you were saying, to like people like Keefe West because he is a freak. He is the point one percent of natural lifters. And there might be some people listening that might have that capability, might have that genetics. And if they train really hard for the next 10 years, they might look like Keefe West naturally. But that's how long it's took Keefe to get there. 
Uh, sorry, Chris, I should say, because his name's Chris. That's how long that it's. He's been training since he was fourteen years of age. And same for people like Finn, Finn, um, Finn Kelly. He's Reese, Reese Fitz mate. He's natural and Reese Fitz assisted. They get on like a house on fire. He's been training since he was thirteen, and they're now like mid twenties. Like they've been training a long, long time. The only thing steroids do is just makes it quicker. Like it does. It, you're not going to look like Chris Bumstead overnight. Like it just accelerates your growth and accelerates your strength progression. And with that comes negatives, but it doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to shit on that. I'm going to shit on that. T- steroids does not make it go quicker because you you said it yourself. The majority of the daft fucks inside the gym that you'll see are running PEDs and still look like shit. Uh, performance enhancing drugs does not make you does not allow you to get bigger quicker. What performance enhancing drugs allow you to do is take everything to the extreme. That's the only thing it allows you to do. Uh, well, recover. Not right, get... Yeah, recover quicker. Yeah, but yeah, recovery recovery quicker. That's that's definitely hands down. But it will not make you bigger. It, it just won't. It's it's not how it works. Yes, if you take, if we look at paper and you start taking testosterone, you've got a higher amount of tests inside your system at a higher level. Yes, you will burn more fat and you will produce more muscle than what you would do if you had a lower amount of test. I'm not debating that. But what I am saying is just because you're on gear doesn't mean you're going to get massive. You've got to work. You've got you, what you've got to do is you've got to take those steroids, and then you've got to train harder than you've ever done before. And what happens when you do that? You put yourself at a higher amount of risk. So we're just, um, hold on, I'm going on a ramble and I don't want to, but I just want to shit on that because steroids do not make you bigger. They, they just allow you to take things to the extreme. And if you don't do that, you will not grow, which is yeah. why you look at loads of people in the gym that look like fucking shit. And the dick doesn't work because they haven't researched anything. They've got Decca dick because they're absolute <laughs> idiots. <laughs> Decca dick so easily. I think we said this last time. It's so easily like, avoided but with with actual research and speaking to someone that knows what they're talking about but i'd say yeah like you're i think we're both kind of right steroids will only make you bigger if you train really fucking hard and and actually do what's required to get there but whether you're on gear or not if you train really fucking hard you're going to improve your physique like yeah just 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 train but to answer the question well, there's there's a there's a good little thing that we can spin off onto. When do you take steroids? When when, when do you, so yeah? So the question that he's asking is who who do we follow that's natural? What's actually obtainable and all that good stuff? If you're looking at that, you're more than likely you probably thought about taking steroids at some point in your life. Or if you're one of those people that go, I'd look like that if I took steroids, or I can't do that because you look he takes steroids. When is the right time to go on gear? Let's let's just throw it out there for everybody that's listening. If you're fat, no, you shouldn't be going on gear. I'm gonna I, put that right out there, right? I agree. It's not gonna get you shredded very very quick or anything stuff like that. If you're overweight and you're thinking I want to take drugs to get myself into really good shape and stuff or whatnot, um, sorry, sorry, sorry for saying fat. I am just very blunt with how how this is. Um, but you're yes, fat if you, because, because, you're fat phobic. Well, it's January, isn't it? So it's you saying that words can be very personal because a lot of people yeah. are going to go new year, new want to get to the gym, and so I'll not say fat. If you're overweight and you're thinking, if you're generally thinking, I'm going to throw drugs at this to get myself in better shape, please don't. You'll probably kill yourself. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think there is a right time to start. I think it's different. That's it's like a loaded question. Like when when should you take steroids? You shouldn't. No, would be would be it, my it answer. Can... So you, you can absolutely prime yourself to take gear. Mm-hmm. 
there is a time and a place when you should be taking a cycle if you go, if you're in the bodybuilding world. That's the only that's the only time I can talk about steroids at a, at an actual educational level. The right time to take steroids is when you've primed your body to do it. You can't you can't actually do that bodybuilding specific. But other than that, yeah. If if there's anybody out there that's listening to this, that's going, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to kill it this year. Please do me a favor. If you are out of shape and all that good stuff, please don't think drugs are the answer. It will do you more damage than good. Just fucking hire a coach. I, Just run out there. Instead of spending the money on steroids, spend the money on a coach initially. Like if you've got it in your head that I am going to take anabolics at some point, and because you want to be a bodybuilder or you want to you want to be like a, an athlete or whatever, like you can do it without drugs, right? But I know people listening might want to do that anyways, right? I would say spend that money initially because in the last podcast we covered it, there's a lot of unsaid expenses when it comes to taking PEDs, like things that people do not talk about, like the extra supplements, the food that you've now got to eat to you know to stay on top of it, and all the other protocols. That... 100 and 12 weeks. The 100 and what? No one... The 150 pounds that you're going to spend every six to 12 weeks to get your blood work done. Well, and then that. if you, if your blood back bad, you've got to spend another 150 pounds two weeks later after you've made the changes to find out if you've got yourself better or not. And if it's bad again, you've got to keep on doing it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you, you could end up spending a thousand pound in six months on blood work on its own. But you can mitigate against that by getting somewhat by hiring a coach or having someone <laughs> close to you that knows what they're talking about and can and, and can stop that. Anyways, don't do drugs, kids. But if you are going to do it, don't wait don't a little bit. Wait a little bit and, and, and sort of get professional advice. Try and do all the basics first. Lose a good amount of weight. Like like I say, I lost close to 50 pounds before I decided I was going to do it. Um, and, and you've got to... It's all about priming your body and, and just... Just being educated. The one thing I would stress is just please, please, and I, I'm literally begging people to educate yourself on on the things that you're going to put in your body because these things will change you for the rest of your life, whether your test yeah. is naturally or not. You've changed your you've changed the way your brain works. You've changed the way that your body works as well, and that's what makes us us. So just please do your research yeah. to answer. If anybody- where do I go for research? If, any, if anybody's thinking, I would love to see, what, like, how do I prime my body to take steroids and how do steroids work and how much do I take and all that random good stuff. If anybody's generally curious about that, the best place that you can go for updated information is George Osborne. Go follow his new series when he's decided to start taking steroids because he'll start talking about his blood work how his coach is going to it, how much he's taking, why he's taking that much, the impacts that you'll have on him from doing that much. And bearing in mind, he's doing a TRT dose at the minute, so he's not even actually pushing. He's like, I would never say he's a steroid user because he's not. Just, it's it's incredible. So if you're, if you're actually interested in being educated about how steroids work and how it impacts you and how to get yourself in a great position, go watch George Osborne's YouTube series. He's, he's still updating it as we go now. It is fucking incredible. Yeah, and, and they're entertaining as well. Like it keeps you engaged. They're not boring. Like a like I don't think that should be a factor whether a video is boring or not when you're trying to educate yourself. Like you should sit through the boring videos because they're often really informative. But the George Osborne's a really good one to actually sit. It's good content to watch and you actually get a lot from it. But to actually answer the dude's question, because 
I I know this dude personally. He's not going to hop on gear. He just I think he just wants some natural bodybuilders to look out for and thinks we know a little bit more. But Josh Croggin, absolutely. He's uh, I don't think he's competing this year, but I think he'll be competing next year. Finn Kelly um, and probably Keefe West is probably the best that you're going to see. Um, he looks like he's on gear. Say again. Yeah. AJ Morris. Oh, sorry. I keep forgetting about AJ. AJ as well. He is an absolute animal, AJ Morris. Um, and that's all their names. If you type them in onto any form of social media, you'll find them. Um, aye. But uh, yeah. They'll yeah, pop natural. If you're natural for the rest of your life and that's the way you want to commit, watch what these guys can fucking do, man. Honestly, blows, blows, blows your mind what these natural fuckers can do. Insane. But follow on from what Louis said, you're not going to look like these people. Like, you are, everyone's individual, everyone's different. You might look good, but you're not going to look like Keefe West. You're not going to look like AJ Morris. Um, you're not going to look like Josh Crogan because he's a freak. Um, but you need to... Just set in your own mind, like, I want to do the best that I can do. Don't stop, don't compare yourself to other people. And the dude that asked the question, I know he's not doing that, but for anyone else that's listened to the like listening to the question, just stop comparing yourself to people because it's pointless. It's pointless. It ruins you, it, it demotivates you because you feel like you've been training for a year and you don't look like that yet. Like it's just it, it's not good for your mental well-being comparing yourself to everyone every day. Um yeah. Yeah, cool. My next question is short and sweet, nice and easy. Go. Does your dick shrink when you're on gear? No, it gets bigger. <laughs> because your balls get smaller and your dick looks bigger in comparison. <laughs> and this question, man. Like, I generally think it doesn't matter who you are in the world. If you put on social media at some point that you've done steroids, somebody will ask you this question. Does your dick shrink when you're on gear? What a fucking, what a fantastic question to ask. You know what that is? Um, Before you go into it, you know what that is? That's the yeah. stigma and scaremongering in 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 the the sort of gear is bad sort of mentality to, oh, your dick will shrink. It was a laugh that asked me this. Was it a laugh, was it? Yeah. Well, it, uh, maybe our partner's just thinking about going on gear. She doesn't want his, uh, his warrior to get any smaller. <laughs> Could be. Now, my favourite way to answer this question is always to revert back to me. He rest in peace, Rich Payana. It's going to revert back to him because that man was fucking mental, but he was absolutely right when it came to the topic of this conversation. So, to answer your question, no, your shaft, your penis, the penetrator will not shrink if you're on steroids, but your testes will shrink you can do other things to stop them and all that random stuff but if you're on cycle for a long enough amount of time it's very likely that your nuts are going to fucking shrink just the way it works but no the, the bit that actually matters the bit that actually works during the sexual game that's not impacted and of course you've got the benefits of the fact that you've got more testosterone inside your system you've got more red blood cells inside your system your erections are very 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 common and they do last very very long so Yes, if you're worried about your partner uh, not being able to perform in the bedroom because of steroids, do not worry about that. If he's doing it properly, he's going to be hanging up the back of you every chance he can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. I think like, your hemoglobin goes up, so the amount of blood that can get into the shaft is more. So if anything, your erections might appear a little bit bigger. 
if you if we're looking at it scientifically, we'll look at this. You can't hear it, but Louis like creased in the uh, in his video. Your hemoglobin goes up just slightly, and if you're on it for a long enough period of time, your hemoglobin will go up, uh, not a considerable amount, but a noticeable amount on a blood on a blood on blood work. Get your blood work done. Um, you'll see that it goes up from your baseline to you know what you are when you're enhanced, which means more blood will go into the penis, which means your penis will be bigger. So actually, your dick gets bigger. Do drugs. Mm. Your dick will get bigger. <laughs> do drugs, kids. Don't do that. Don't do kids' drugs. Yeah. So, no, your, your balls don't shrink. Um, sorry, your balls do shrink. Uh, your shaft doesn't. Um, can you run across erection problems and erectile dysfunction and all that random good stuff? Can you come across those issues? Yes, yes, you absolutely can. Um, that's why it's very important that you speak to somebody that knows about anabolic steroids. You get your blood work done and you do this all safely. Um, yeah, so don't worry about that. The next question that rolls on to, which was pretty cool, was how do you choose which compound to use when it comes to gear? Like, how do you choose which steroids you go after? Because there is so many out there. And the question on here goes on, like, do, do you use SOMs? Do you use gear? Do you use orals? Do you use injectables? It's the, this is a very open question about gear, um, which I think, like, I feel like it's coming from someone who could potentially be willing to dip their toe in the in the steroid game. So because of that, I will answer that question with a bit of depth and a little bit of knowledge behind it, some educational shit, um, only because I know that this person could could very well end up going assisted. Um, and the person that has asked me this question, you are welcome to just bombard me with questions because you've got extreme potential um, in the bodybuilding world. So if you do want to go assisted, just fucking ask any question that you want to, but I'll start with this one. How do you choose which compounds that you use uh, on a cycle other than your testosterone is you choose the ones that have been the most researched and the ones that have actually been researched to be used on humans. Um, that's what we do here. And then, of course, you've got to look at your budget and stuff on how much you can actually afford, because unfortunately, the gear that is highly researched and the one that we know we can trust is the most expensive. Just makes sense, doesn't it? But if you want to be one of those people that jabs himself with what is meant to go inside horses, by all means, crack the fuck on and go do it. Um, but how you choose which compounds you go ahead with is it's very simple. You get your testosterone base, and your test base is different to everybody else's. So stop asking for dosages. My, I could be using 200 milligrams. I could be using 300 milligrams. I could be using four. But all, all that de depends on my blood work. I've got to go get blood work to find out how much testosterone I should be taking. And then I can do that safely. Once we get that base level, we then add in compounds. And you want to start with the mildest compounds that are your safest compounds. Because if you do that, you can tailor them up quite high and get extremely good positives with very little negatives. And that's what we want here. We want to stay as healthy as we possibly can. After you've done that, you can start pushing them really fucking high because you've probably gotten a lot bigger. And the more body mass that you have, the more steroids you can actually take. Your safer usage will go a little bit higher and a little bit higher as you get bigger and as you get bigger. On As long as your blood work will allow it. That's what you do in an off-season. That's what you do when you first start going into steroids. That's what you do to start this game. You do not take orals. Stop putting them in your mouth just because it's safer. Just because you're scared of needles, stop using orals. It's not how you do it. It's that's that's what you do. To cut your in, test, find your big broad in. To cut it in, believe it or not, 
orals are worse for you than injectables. <laughs> so the thing that's scarier is actually healthier because orals go through your, your kidneys and your liver and, the, you know, like something like Anavar, for example, Anavar is probably the, the, the mildest, ste well, steroid, if you want to call it that, out there. That's liver toxic. It's the same as drinking two or three pints of beer every single day, which is why you should not drink when worse you not. It's probably worse than that. It's probably yeah, it's, uh, a bottle of, two bottles of wine every single day, which won't kill you, but obviously... That is horrific. It is really bad. And um, go on, we'll, we'll keep on going on with it because... What you mentioned there with orals is is a massive point because most people that will dabble with orals in the in the gym community, the most people that will do that are gym lads that are young as fuck that just want to look mint when they go to fucking Ibiza, you twits. So you'll start banging Anavar before you go away and stuff, and then you'll go away and you'll do a heavy amount of drinking and stuff. The damage, the long-term damage you're doing to your liver by doing that, lads, is fucking horrific just so you can look a little bit leaner when you go away on holiday for the first two days, because then after two days, you're, you're dehydrated from the alcohol already, so you're already peeled. Stop doing it, boys. All, all rolls, you throw them in the bin. You throw them in the bin. We don't do all rolls. It's, it's unless The damage is irreparable. Unless, when when the only time that you you can get away with orals is when you're going on stage. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. That is the only Say again, bud. You, you cut out there. Oh, sorry. I was going to say the only time it can be justified to use them is to go onto a bodybuilding stage. And I know a lot of people that are listening to this that isn't massively into bodybuilding will go, well, that's not fair. Just because you compete doesn't mean we can't take them. And what I'm trying to say is anybody that is a bodybuilder that's decided I'm going to compete and go on stage has done a, is probably doing a high cycle. Like if they're assisted, they're doing quite a lot of drugs inside the body that's doing quite a bit of damage to them. And they're fully aware of the long-term impacts of steroids. They've decided that they know that this is going to kill them. Therefore it's justified because they're going to use it to go on stage. They know that this is going to kill them one day. It's taken years off their life. That's that's why it's justified because that person is educated to a point where they know that that's what they're doing. Or These idiots just don't have no idea that popping a pill for six weeks is 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 going to fuck them up later down the life especially with that because I, I know 16 17 18 19 20 year olds that have come up to me before seeing that they've done like seven or eight anavar cycles in the space of a year and is fuck fucking like, hell <laughs> what's wrong with you seriously seriously I got me for audio listeners. I got me head in my hands. Like, but by far, Anavar is not the most toxic oral you can take. It's probably the least one of one of the lesser toxic orals you can take. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't take, you can it, understand why. You can... Don't take it just because you want to go to Ibiza. Yeah, you can. Un I can understand. Oh, sorry. Go on, man. Yeah, it's just. Like, we'll get the information out there as well because I don't want to sound like one of those twats that's saying just stop doing it because I do sound like don't do drugs, kids. That's the way it's coming across. So for the educational purposes, guys, the, or, or we're not taking the piss yet, oral tablets, oral steroids, and of all being the mildest, and you can go up to things like D-ball and stuff. These are really, really toxic to your liver, guys. They really fucking are. 
and it doesn't outweigh the, the benefits because it's all cosmetic. The looks that you get from these drugs while you're taking them only actually happen while you're taking them. The second that you come off them, all the all the look disappears in this in the space of a few days. So unless you're taking Anavar to Ibiza, which I really shouldn't have said because some daft twats will probably start doing it now. But unless you're taking Anavar with you, by the third day that you're in there, your cosmetic look is gone. Yeah. So you, you what what you've achieved fuck all by doing it except destroying your liver in it if you don't believe where i'm coming from with it or if you are hearing what i'm saying but you're not too sure if you believe it just do, do me a favor go online now type in anavon toxicity or steroids and oral tablets toxicity and it will just go through for you there's not there's not a single document that's out there that will tell you that it's safe to do so. There's not one. That's how bad it is, guys. Please stop doing orals. If you are thinking about doing steroids, that's how you choose your gear. Get a base, le base level of testosterone that is your base level. Because Chris here could take 300 milligrams of test, and I could use the exact same testosterone from his vial, but his test levels would be completely different to mine. Just because we're taking the same amount does not mean our body accepts it the same way. Our androgen receptors are completely fucking different. Get that nailed in your head. So if you if the next time you see sebum post that it takes 500 milligrams of testosterone, doesn't mean that you should start doing it. It's not how it works. Yeah. So you find your level of test by taking an amount, you get your blood work done, and you find out where your test levels are. Then you increase it because you want to find that safe range. Where's your body's perfect range for gear? You'll find out as you take more and you take more blood work. Then you throw your compounds in and you do the mild ones and you bash your shit out of them. And then after that, that's when you start getting into the really nasty stuff. Like the trend alone. <laughs> yeah. By the, by the way, which I, I, it has to be said, anybody that is out there that has been training, that hasn't even one step on stage or two has been training less than three years. If you're running tests and trend, you're a dick. Just, just, just right now, you're a fucking dick. You're, you're what's wrong with the social media world. Stop doing it. Just it, because TikTok is and doesn't mean it should be. Stop putting it in your fucking system. It is trend. Go research it for more than five minutes, and you'll start to realize maybe I shouldn't put that in my body. You're running tests and trend. You've been training for less than three years or you have never competed before and you're taking the most toxic but yes of course the most rewarding gear that's out there <laughs> it, 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 it taking a brutal piece of kit and don't forget it's also cosmetic with that one as well because trend has a trend look you take trend and you can you can tell if somebody's shredded and they start taking trend they just look fucking huge all the fucking time like the oh, liver king so massive like that's that's trend. That's what it's doing to you guys. It's not healthy. It's not good. It will fucking kill you. Stop running tests and trend. You, the only time I ever want to hear that someone's taking trend is when they go and going to compete. Because right, okay, you you you're happy with the fact that you're going to kill yourself. You know, you're going to you've just shaved years of your life by taking trend. You've just done that. Yeah. Like, and I'm gonna here's a fact for you that should scare you. If you, if you are taking tests and trend and you you think I've been doing it for ages and I feel fine. Here's a fun fact for you. Tren is one of the only steroids that can break the brain barrier and you've got androgen receptors in there. So think about that. You're putting pressure on your brain by taking Tren. Yeah. If that doesn't scare you enough on its own to think maybe I should take a, 
safest steroid that's actually been studied on humans before. I don't know what I don't know what does, man. Like, stop, stop doing it, guys. You're fucking killing yourselves for no. And, you're not, and some of you look like absolute shit. <laughs> it's got to be said. Right, wait, like, wait, there's, wait. There's about seven or eight different lads now that are running test and trend cycles on their own. And <laughs> sorry, man. It's a good job that one cut out because I was on a proper rant there, like fucking hell. Yeah, just we're back. There's this, I'm just going to say it as well, like the seven or eight lads will probably listen to this podcast and you just know who I'm fucking talking about because you just have fucking talked to us about your cycle before. And the fa- fact remains, lads, I'm sorry, but it's fucking true. He's a blasting the highest amount of fucking gear of the hot, of the hardest gear that you can possibly take. And he's not even taking no doses. Some of are taking 200, 300 milligrams of that fucking bad boy on a weekly basis. Ooh. And you said just fucking mental. Do you know why you still look like shit? It's because you haven't put the time in. He's a fucking 21, 22, 23, 24. And I'm sorry, but if you don't look like the way Chris Bumstead and all the other Mr. Olympias did when they were 19 and 20 years old. Have you seen Antoine Valant at the age of 19? These guys are freaks. If you don't look like that by the time you're age of 19, you're never going to. That's a fact. You're never going to. The Mr. Olympias and stuff that you look at on stage and that and that you want to be at, these guys are already 230 pounds by the age of 20. One of what like I I've met and you meet you meet these people like there's a lad called Brett Angus that I knew from fucking school man, he's always been a tank always even when he was sixteen he was a little fucking tank it was ridiculous, and then he started training like a motherfucker and just got fucking huge, like he he has the potential of doing them sort of things but for the lads that are out there that are fucking blasting Tess and Trent, stop 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 fucking doing it honestly. So- you, you just, He's a mit- and the reason I'm saying stop doing it is because he's coming to me and he's asking us questions about why is why is isn't working or why you look like shit and all that random shit. And I, I've got to be honest with you, the reason that you just don't look as good as that you thought you were is because he's aren't doing the, the Billy basics. Yeah. It, it, so in conclusion, to laugh is at a very very basic level, testosterone is going to be your base for everything. So as Louis said, different different amounts for different people. Never ask us about dosages because I could take 300 milligrams of test and have testosterone biomarkers of 400 and Louis could take the same and have this and have a completely different biomarker of say 300 or 200. Like, like that, that's, that, that, that's level. Everyone's different. So, but test would be a base with getting blood work done. Then you can find out what you want to do after that, because you might not even need to add a compound as well. That's, that's the thing. You don't need to have compounds. Like, like, Compounds are for a very specific thing, and that is competing, in my opinion. I think compounds are very useful for, for different things, but competing is the main thing. Anyone taking steroids, when I say st- anyone blasting tests is most likely trying to get massive or, or trying to compete or you know something. But you can take normal dosages, like like lower dosages of tests and still be a normal human and not have to, you know, do all these other protocols. But the the thing, the main, the main thing, that. Is, the main thing is, that... well, sorry, go on. Sorry. So the, the thing that you've touched on there as well, because it, it might be fun to throw back to the guy that was asking about natties and stuff. Um, remember that everybody's testosterone levels now are fucked. We're not what we used to be 50 years ago. We're not what we were 100 years ago. Testosterone levels have decreased, 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 decreased. And... Uh, Nowhere in the world really has a very good place of like managing that, uh, regardless of which healthcare system that you're into. 
And I don't want to hear shit about the NHS because I bash them all the fucking time, but they're absolute fucking heroes. Just because they won't give me testosterone doesn't make them dicks. Um, but what you should, what you all should probably do uh, if you're a male over 30, go get your blood work done. Um, because you might not, you know how you were talking about other naturals and could I, could I achieve that? There could be a chance that you'd never achieve it because your test levels are less than 10 and you would never know the difference because you've never had it above it. And since the age, so from your ages of 26 to 32, your test levels could have dropped significantly and you, you just haven't noticed. And But you, you, you're training really hard and nothing's changing. Go get your blood work done. And you could do a very, very healthy cycle of TRT and your life will change. Like, yeah. dramatically change. And that, that's not advocating the use of testosterone, by the way. That is, that is, there are medical yes, uses. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, I'm I am, a, I am, I am, I'm I'm a every time safe. Somebody's got low testosterone, I'm going to tell you to take it. And it doesn't matter what age you are. Well, actually, no, it does. Of course, it does. But like, yeah, if you've got low test, take test. <laughs> Promise. I absolutely promise you the difference from being sub 20 animals for fuck's sake. Okay. Without going to we'll say sub 10. If you're, yeah, yeah. If you've got low test, the difference it can make from just jabbing yourself twice a week is mind blowingly different. It, it, uh, it's audio, and I'm using my hands to try and show people the, the size difference. It's like six inches. Um, no, like, yeah, just if you're over the age of 30 and you're a male, go get your, go get your blood work done and find out where your test is. If your test is high, you'll live in the dream. If your test is low, start having a conversation with your doctors and stuff about testosterone replacement therapy and yes. it will change your fucking life. It speak, really will. Speak to your GP um, on that on that level. <laughs> it, it, it then becomes, it's a, me, it's a medication thing. It's a medical thing. It's a... <laughs> your life will improve without you using unhealthy amounts, essentially. Because once you start getting to the three, four, 500 milligram mark, that's, you know, it, it can have negative impacts on your health. But if you're using one, two, five milligrams, and I'm using these dosages as sort of guidelines, like they're not, that's not how much you should take, but a low dose would be considered 125 milligrams because on a broad spectrum of people, that's going to get them to a higher normal range of test, right? That is not going to kill you quicker. If anything, it's going to make you a little bit healthier. It's going to prolong your life. Yeah. So um, remember, guys, this, this, um, this is one of the questions, actually. What's blasting and cruising? Um, which is a great question to ask. Um, cruising is TRT. And what we're talking about now is, because uh, we're not we're not seeing going steroids by no means. And I read, and you, it's a good point there, Chris, because the conversation does sound like it's heading in that kind of direction because we went, don't take steroids. Now we're seeing do. When, but they're, they're two polar opposite situations, though. Like they're, they're, they're yeah, two but, polar opposites. It's like someone that has no test in their system. So again, George Osborne is the perfect fucking example of this. He had two animals of tests in a system. So that that is pretty much zero. That that is pretty much you don't have any test as a man, and you don't feel like a man at that level. He's put, I think, one hundred and one hundred and twenty five or one hundred and fifty milligrams of test a week into a system, and he's now and he posted his blood work. I think he's now at thirty between 32 and 36 animals, which is outside of the high natural range, but it's like not so far out. Like it's, you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous. He has, has spoke about the benefits he's had. His, he said, he, you know, his dick didn't work for 
months, three months. months. You know what I mean? And now he's able to get a boner again. So it, 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 it's things like that. But it... He's not just getting a boner again. It's like he's he's going through his teenage years. Like he's getting a boner at random times throughout the day, and his hormones are lasting so long. It's it's actually getting it's actually getting a little bit painful. This is the kind of health benefits that you'll get when you go on to testosterone if you have a low test, which is why I'm saying if you're over 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 the age of thirty, spend spend the money. Honestly, spend the money, spend £150, get a full blood panel done. Because they won't just talk about your testosterone, they'll do your full hormone uh, panel, but they'll also do your, like your vitamins and everything. So when you come away from it, you'll have so much information from a private doctor that will go, by the way, your cholesterol's high, your cholesterol's low, and this is that, and that is this. And the way to fix that is by supplementing this or by eating that or doing this. They'll literally fine-tune your body because you've had your blood work done and they'll tell you where you are. Yeah. But if you've got low testosterone, you can have a conversation with those people about putting it inside your system. And the benefits that you'll see would be dramatic because there's things that you're probably doing in your life that you don't really notice because of low testosterone. Speaking from experience, I, I had low testosterone, therefore I was depressed. And because I was depressed, I drank a lot. Because I drank a lot, I ended up fucking doing a shitload of drugs. Next thing you know, you think you're a sessioner. But you're not, you're just fucking depressed. There's a lot of people out there in exactly the same place where you think you're having a great time, you're socialising all the time, you spend thousands of pounds on fucking drugs and shit, you're just depressed. And you know you're depressed because when you're on your own, you fucking hate your life. Go get your blood work done. Seriously, go get it done. And I mean, the imp- the, put, it, put it this way, the impact of doing TRT for three months wouldn't change anything. You could You could come off it in three months' time and your test will go back to the shit level it was before. You can go back to where you were at, but those three months of your life will be more than enough for you to go. I'll never not. I'll never come off it because you're happier. Your body works the way it should be fucking working. The only downside to it is your testicles will get smaller. Yeah, and like it. I think it's important that we that we do say this because we're not these two situations that we spoke about. So in the lifting and bodybuilding world like the the use of testosterone the use of you know performance enhancing drugs can be negative but it can be positive as well depending on what your personal goals are if you know you're going to step on stage or you know that you're going to be in that realm of the world and you want to be a professional athlete and this and that then you should can think about it educate and consider that possibility of going down that route you don't have to you can be a natural bodybuilder if you want to but you know there's things that you have to take in consideration there this side of the spectrum it's very much medical for people that have a, a medical issue, which is you have no test. You have sub nine, 10 animals of test. That is extremely low for a male over the age of four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's like it's, it's, it's a completely different application of, of the substances, essentially. And there are ways to get it from the NHS, but you have to be literally zero. And the, the NHS is not very helpful when it comes to that. Doctors are. Doctors will explain to you the benefits and this and that. They will advise you not to do it because you can't confirm the places of where you're getting this, you know, testosterone from because it's all made in a lab. It's you can do it. You can do it all privately now. Um, my my oh, mate does it. Cost a fortune, you can you can do this literally all privately, and it doesn't cost you that much money. You can there's there's actual um, companies out there now that will do your blood work with you every three months, and then they give you three months worth of testosterone to take, and then you just, you recycle, you go again, and it, oh, I, don't, I don't know, how, but it, it it is an option out there, so you don't have to go underground labs or anything stuff like that. You could go to a legit company, 
get your blood work done. And that doctor will give you the exact dosages that you need to take to stay fertile, to keep your testosterone up and keep you as fit and healthy as possible. Yeah. By the way, this is not guys. This is also for girls. There is hormone replacement therapy for women. Yeah. You should absolutely do the same thing. Have that conversation. Go get your blood work done. The biggest thing that seems to get punched all over for women is thyroids. Your thyroid gets battered to shit. And I swear to God, there should be some documentation out there that links it to contraception. I swear to God. It is. Bloody women have to take. It is. Not have to, but you shouldn't. Yeah, it's. I, I, yeah, I, d- I just want to reiterate, like they're two completely different applications. On because we've said quite a lot in a short amount of time, and it sounds like we're contradicting ourselves, but we're not. We're we're not contradicting. We're they're two completely different applications of the use of the, of the of the substances. Essentially, someone that's running TRT because they have low test is not running compounds. They're not running Primo. They're not running MPP. They're not running train. They're not doing any other anything like that. It's simply jabbing themselves twice a week with test to stay in the normal ranges of testosterone. What we're talking about before is enhancing yourself past the normal ranges in order to achieve certain goals and stuff like that. So I just want to make sure, because a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast, I hope, off our previous numbers. I just want to make sure that those two topics, because we said them in close close proximity to each other, they're completely separate. I'm not saying do drugs, mm. not saying don't do drugs, but we're saying if you have low test, you should consider testosterone replacement therapy either through a professional or seeking actual medical advice from a professional and then acting on that yourself having said that though um that's what steroids users should also do by the way if you think about going on steroids that's that's how you start you get your work done you find out where your test levels are at that time you do a little bit of research and you find out okay so what's the higher range of tests like naturally okay so if that's what's naturally it should be and i'm at this that tells me i'm low okay so take it to the high end of natural first and watch the benefits of that before you even start blasting gear like when i say blasting when you start taking more than a safe amount just do the trt and watch what happens in six months when you do that if you go from right if you double your testosterone because you could have low right now you could have low testosterone if you double it um you go from 10 to 20 that's huge that's a huge difference when it comes to what what your body can do you'll put on more muscle mass you'll lose more fat because you'll be training really fucking hard your appetite will go through the roof and your mental stability goes insane like you have the control over your body once again so once you've done that go a little bit higher if you're if you if you're wanting to compete that's how you do it that's how you do it safely you go okay now i'll bump it up and every time you bump it up and you go outside the normal range, you're going, you're going past it. You're in, you're in a dangerous range. That's why you take your time and find out how much test can I take before my body starts giving me negative side effects. So when you go on a testosterone, you start taking higher amounts. Nine times out of ten, what everybody's going to see is your HDL is going to plummet, which is your cholesterol, because you need to keep that up when you're on higher amounts of testosterone. So you, you, you start throwing in amino acids. So that's when you learn, I need to start supplementing amino acids in. So there's your first supplement that you end up taking. And then you start adding more in because you need to start looking after your heart. You start I need to look after your kidney. You start looking, need to look after your liver. Because as you go higher past the normal amount of testosterone that you're taking, your body starts doing a hell of a lot. And you need to keep up all those health regimens to make sure it stays healthy. Yeah. So that, that's how you do steroids. See? That's how you do them properly. And if you are over 30 go get your blood work done honestly i mean you could probably go to your doctors and ask them just say look uh, i've 
I'm, I'm just tell them some symptoms if, if they're honest if you're feeling a little bit depressed if you feel like you're not putting any muscle mass no matter how hard you train if you're feeling just fat and horrible go get your blood work done go have a conversation with them um i've literally sat down with the doctors before and because when i when i went through this it was a fucking nightmare and the guy just went what do you want me to test you for and he just pulled the computer up and he just started clicking on things i was like test us for that 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 and then the blood work came back and it was absolutely shocking so hopefully that's not the case for you guys like the, the good thing about it is is if you do if you're feeling depressed and you know you're overweight and your, your muscles not getting put on and stuff your appetite's shot to shit and you're just not 100 percent there and you go get your blood work done it turns out your test is fucking banging you know that's a mental thing not a physical thing yeah and that's a, that's a beautiful place to be because that means you can just you know not it's not as simple as just go to therapy but you know what i mean you can you can fix a mental problem very quickly you know there's an issue if you don't know there's an issue you'll never you never fix it will you well said well said Right. <laughs> uh, how many more questions you got? Uh, let's have a look. What is the biggest changes when blasting to, to cruising? Um, is my last question. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something which might be a bit controversial on that. So, I think the biggest change you will see is your mentality towards it. You need to stay consistent with your mentality. If you've been blasting gear for, say, 20, you know, 16 to 20 weeks and you've made massive progress, you've done everything right, and you're, you know, you've, you've tripled all your top sets and stuff like that, do not let that get into your head when you go down to a TRT phase or a cruise phase. Don't, don't let the fact that you have less tests in your system dictate how well you're going to do in the gym. Keep that same focus, keep that same mentality, go in there and absolutely tear it apart every session as if you would when you were blasting. Because for me, from what I've seen and research and podcasts and stuff, every professional out there says they keep that same intensity and, and they don't lose a lot of the stuff, a lot of the mass they put on. They actually continue to progress or they at least stay the same for a short period of time. Um, that's what I would say. Don't. Don't let the fact that you like that mental blocker of I have less tests in my systems, so therefore I'm going to do worse. Don't think like that. Continue to smash it, and you will probably find your lifts won't go down um, if you've just been blasting tests. That is, uh, because obviously if you're blasting things like you know, trend and things like that, like people do, then with trend comes obviously the strength and all the positives. When you when that comes out of your system, things you know will go down because you're not yeah. strong. That's my favorite part, man. You know the, the the seven or eight lads that I'm talking about when they go down to a cruise. Goodbye, Gaines. Goodbye. Well, yeah, because people, they're not going to have that. Blasting and cruising. Do, will I lose my gains when I when I go down to a cruise? No, you won't. Unless you stop training, unless you stop eating, unless you stop doing your daily non-negotiables, you will not change. Yes, you will have a physical change because there is an anabolic look. If you're on high amounts of steroids, you have you look anabolic. It's it's a known saying. You are vascular. You are leaner. You are bigger. You are fuller. You've got more nitrogen in your system. Therefore, you're holding every. It's just you look like a fucking roid head. That's just the way it is. But when you come off it, you will lose that. You'll look a little bit softer. You'll lose your vascularity. You won't be as shredded all the time. You won't be as full. So that does have an impact on your head, which Chris is talking about there. Um, but the, the biggest difference between blasting and cruising is not just your steroid, the amount of steroids you're taking, but also remember, because you've gone from blasting down to cruising or vice versa, 
steroids allow you to do one thing remember guys and this is my what i'm going to say this till the day i die so people get this in their head steroids allow you to take things to the extreme if you go down to a cruise stop taking things to the extreme you, you need to reduce your calories you need to reduce your volume you need to sometimes you need to reduce your weight that doesn't mean you're going to lose your gains by any means you're doing what your body can do at its maximum capacity at that time does it mean that you're still growing because you, you no, you're not making a novel stimulus anymore unless you are pb but if you're going to reduce down your gain you're going to reduce down your volume reduce down your sets you, your aim is to maintain that situation maintain that set and that's the biggest difference you can no longer take things to the extreme so stop fucking trying to you will injure yourself and you'll fuck yourself up i've been there i've done that i've got the slip discs to prove it yeah absolutely and sort of echoing what you're saying like you don't the numbers of weights that you're lifting you don't have to drop the weight it's 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 a more of a volume game like either look to progress it in a different way or just drop the volume a little bit that's it during that that cruise phase because your cruise phase isn't going to be for an extremely long time if you're planning on blasting and cruising it and going through the, the you know that cycle pardon the pun you, you're probably going to cruise for no more than six to eight weeks, right? Um, depending on blood work, obviously. If your blood work's really bad, no, it the last time I cruised, I was off for twelve months. Well, yeah, I was but, but look, but look at what you did in that twelve months because of mentality. You actually continued to progress and actually got stronger than what you were when you were blasting previously, just because of mentality. And you, and we did that in a very clever way. For for people that don't know, we went through different phases of higher volume and lower volume when our bodies could when well not when our when Louis's body could handle the lower volume and higher weights that's when we pushed to for progression and stuff like that when because he was on a lower amount of testosterone he couldn't push his body to those extremes that he could before we heightened the volume and dropped the weight to give his body a bit of a rest but still training with intensity and still looking to progress those higher volume sets yeah. For a bit more on that one, guys, we didn't increase the we didn't we increased the volume of a working set, so we increased the reps. We didn't actually increase the volume of our work because that would yeah. that would into a bigger hole. What we did was is instead of doing you know the six to eight rep range on the top sets, which requires a really heavy amount of weight, at the time my joints and everything got shot to shit because I was still trying to train like I was on cycle. Because you know you've got to do all you can to keep the gains, otherwise you're going to get small. It's not how it works. Uh, what we did was is we increased our rep ranges from six to eight. We popped them up to twelve to fifteen. Our back off sets from fifteen to twenty, and what that meant was is we dramatically had to drop the weight because we're not going to be moving our six to eight rep set over. We dramatically had to drop it. But the good thing about that was is it was weights that you had been doing because it was your back off sets weights previously, so you were able to really grind them out on your top set. So your your back off set that you normally do ten to twelve. You started with that and you tried to get that to 12 to 15. Then you went to an even lighter weight and you tried to get that for 15 to 20. And just because it's higher reps doesn't mean I'm not progressing. If, I, if I've if i never done a 20 rep set before on 30 kilogram bench press and I do it, I've just created a novel stimulus. Therefore, I've just grown. But I've done it in a way that my body will allow me to do it because yeah. I'm not taking gear. I can't just bash the living shit out of it like, like I want to. And please bear in mind I'm 31. I'm not a young pup anymore. So that's how it's going to differ from person to person. What happens when you go from a, from a cruise to a blast? It's why you should fucking, why you should hire a coach if you don't know what you're doing with this when it comes to the steroid side of things. Even if you know everything, get yourself a fucking coach, man. Honestly, ever since I got one, the game changed. Fuck me. Yeah. <clears throat> do it. 
we, we dove into that in the last podcast, the changes and the difference it's made having a coach. It's, you know, it's it's massive. And moving into this year and this season, my off season and, and, and my dieting phases, Louis is going to be my coach. Is, if you didn't know, Louis, you know, may offer coaching services. Um, So it's, it's paramount that you have someone close to you that knows what they're talking about, who is a coach or is, you know, has has got that knowledge behind them, having them very close to you, or getting a coach essentially would be would be that side. And then you you don't have to worry about that. Like me and me and Louis had to sit down and go, your body's fucked. You're having all these issues. You get you you know injuries and niggles are starting to crop up. We had to sit down and analyze it and go, what can we do to change to make sure we can still train hard, but it's not going to impact your body. We sat for a week trying to figure this out. Uh, mostly Louis because he had more knowledge back then. Um, whereas if you had a coach, you can just bring that up to your coach and they'll have that knowledge there instantly for you and go, give me a day, give me two days and I'll have something sorted for you. So that, that's the biggest thing that a coach can offer is the knowledge there. When something happens, you can, you can feed and it back to them. It's not just the knowledge that you'll get, like, cause don't get me wrong, Max is miles, light years ahead of me when it comes to knowledge, but it's not just that he has the ability to look at this objectively. Yeah. Cause he's not attached if- to it emotionally like you are. Yeah. Exactly. Like when the reason I've made so many mistakes in the past is because I am that I am that person that is most needed. And if I come off cycle and I need to train like I'm on cycle, otherwise I'll lose all my gains, then you just end up destroying your body. He's got the hindsight of being able to go, no, if you train like that, we'll destroy your joints, you'll destroy your muscles, you'll never gain. So that what we need to do is reduce your volume in order for you to continue to work on that on that top set there and try and hold it or try and progress it. Because you can still progress when you're on a cruise like it happens you do it it's just you just progress a lot slower you're not adding two and a half five kilograms onto your exercise you're just adding a rep if you're lucky and that is progress on the tongue so yes the biggest difference between blasting and cruising is the amount of anabolic steroids you're taking and the amount of anabolic steroids you're not how hard you can train and how hard you can't and dealing it's very simple but dealing with those mental impacts is fucking brutal don't care who you are that you could be Louis Blackmore, who is one of the most laid black men on the planet when it comes to this game. And even he will at some point be going, fuck, it's time for a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just it's just it's just the way it is. And and at the same time, fuck, it's time for a blast. It's you don't always want to. If we could do this naturally, every single one of us would. <laughs> there's a there's a fun fact, actually. I would love people to ask that question instead. If you could do this naturally, would you have? Yeah. And I I bet the answer from every fucking twat on the planet will be yes. Yeah, absolutely. If you could, if you, could... I would actually know what answer no. So anyone who's listening to this, if you're on anabolic steroids, like, can I start the trend now? I'm dying to know if anybody out there would actually say no. Would any of you, if who take anabolic steroids, if you could do what you've done now naturally? Would you would you have done it naturally, or would you have still chose to do steroids? And I would love to know that if, if anybody out there would say no to that, I w- I'd still want to do steroids. I'm dying to know why. That'd be very that's interesting. Yeah, because if none of the variables changed, then why would you wouldn't need to? You know, there wouldn't be a thing really. Because let's remember, a lot a lot of steroids are derived from different medical needs, so they 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 were used for for other things for you know to help so a lot of like yeah yeah nine uh, times out of ten it was invented to, to try and save women in some sort of illness not, literally nine times out of ten, the steroid was because women were struggling with 
don't know, bone density, muscle maturity, and all that random shit during a disease. Yeah. And they give them this try and help. And then some bloke was like, <laughs> Give us that. Whoa, I've added a plate to me bench. <laughs> a lot of like AIs, like your aromatization inhibitors, like they were designed for women um, to help them with, you know, issues, you know, whether it be fertility or for, as Louis said, bone density during pregnancy or during illnesses. And then, you know, some big jack dude went, Oh, let me take one of them from your wife. And then he found out you can add three plates to his bench over the course of six months from taking it. It's, you know, a lot of these things you weren't designed for the, the applications that we're using them for. Um, which is just one thing to bear in mind as well when you when you are deciding to use them, do the research into what they're actually for, and it'll give you a better idea of how you can implement those things if you were going to do it. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, AIs um, for any for going back to the subject of the guy who was asking before, how do you choose which compounds and how do you start gear? Um, I'll, this is a bit of a fun topic to discuss because a lot of people are going to be different on it. And I think it definitely does. Ex it depends on the amount of experience you've got with the amount of people that you're speaking to when, when it comes to steroids. But in my opinion, if you're running a cycle of just testosterone and you're having to use an AI, your test is too high. 100%. 100%. percent. Lower it or stop. Go back, go, go back down to a cruise. Get your gyno surgery, <laughs> and, uh, no. and even even if you're getting your blood work done and you spotted your estrogen's getting a little bit too high, and you've decided I'm going to pop an AI and take a little bit more gear because that is exactly what you can't do. Your blood works came back, your testosterone's everything's fine except for your estrogen. The only thing that's heightened up is that. So you think I'll pop an AI and I'll put me test up a little bit? You could definitely do that, but you shouldn't. That is your first marker of negative impacts of gear. And because it's your first marker, when that domino falls, the rest of them come like a fucking train. Yeah. So what you should be doing is I'll take an AI and I'll increase my test even higher and running that for another 12 weeks. You shouldn't do that. At that stage is when you start having a look at other compounds. Like, I'm not going into it. Fuck it. I'm not doing that. We said we'd be less than an hour. It's definitely been more than that now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. If, if they're doing that, please, please stop. Um, AIs are required they are needed don't get me wrong at some point you're going to need them during your cycle but if you just started off and you're starting and you're taking tests and stuff and you're popping an AI it's too high mate or lass it, it, you've, you've, you've gone too far it's time to get your blood work done find out what the fuck's going on and either yeah come down to a TRT or start again your, your, your dosage is too high and what you've managed to do there is find your total tolerance for your testosterone so well done congratulations you've completed step one of taking steroids and don't be disheartened because there is people out there that can't take 200 milligrams of tests because mm -hmm. boom, they go through the fucking roof and it absolutely fucking kills them. And they've got to take everything on like every AI on the planet to keep them going. That does fucking happen. And if you were one of those people um, and you weren't getting your blood work done and you just start pinning yourself with 300 milligrams of test or 500 milligrams, which seems to be a popular number these days. But yeah, if you just start pinning yourself 500 milligrams of test and you didn't get your blood work done and you were one of these people, you'd literally wake up with barber's bitch tits, like Fight Club style, in a week. You just, boom, look at those. And you can't get rid of it, by the way. Unless you go get surgery, you can't get rid of it. You're barber's bitch tits for the rest of your life. I'm trying to scaremonger you here. Trend gets inside your brain. Test makes you boobies. <laughs> no, <laughs> not no, good no. boobies. Bad test, test will only give you boobies if you ignore the ignore the signs right and don't get blood work done if you do it incorrectly 
it you will not get gyno or gynecomastia, which is the you know the form of fatty tissue under your nipples because your estrogen shoots through the roof. That won't happen if you do it correctly or help safely, I should say. That won't happen because I I used to I was properly paranoid about gyno when I first started. Like I I would feel sensitive nipples, and even though they weren't, like and I'd be checking them every single day, checking to the point where my nipples where my nipples actually hurt because I was checking them so much. Like the best way to do it, and I, I got blood work done, and my estrogen was fine, was normal, and it was all in my head. So that there's, there's there's two sides to it, but if you are running everything correctly. And you're running all the correct protocols and you're doing it as safe as you can with professional advice or advice from a trusted person who knows about this stuff and you you know you're doing it properly you won't get gyno it will only happen to people that abuse it there's steroid users and there's steroid abusers there's a big difference between the two in my opinion and yeah i know someone personally that has gyno uh, from abusing them and he does not find it fun anymore so Yes, there's no games until something goes wrong. And then something goes wrong, it's not an it's not an easy fix, guys. It really and girls, it really isn't an easy fix. Um so if you are thinking about going on steroids, guys, do it properly, do it smart, do it clever, get all the blood work done, pay the money, get it done. And I'll quite a bit of negative that came about steroids in this world, but the the real the realistic part of all of it is if you do it properly. If you get your blood work done and you get you hire a coach and you get someone looking after you, fuck me, is it fun? I'm just I'll, I'll happily say it. I'll admit it. I do take them, so I'm gonna have to say it. Why, why do I take it? Because they're fucking insane. I like, love training. I love training to the fucking like. I'll do that to the day I die. I'll be picking up fucking weights, and if it allows me to do it heavier and longer, I'll continue to bash it. So they are fun. Don't quote me on that, though. Right. We've got just over six minutes left of this. I think we'll we'll call it at the end of this meeting. I've got one more question on my side. And it is, it is kind of fitness-related, but it isn't as well, because there's other applications to it. But the question I've got is, okay. what's the perfect amount of sleep? So the question is, how much how much sleep do you, do you get a night? And what's mm. most optimal? Now, my answer to mm. this, because I've had sleeping issues for a very long time. And I, for example, just last night, I couldn't sleep. Um, I didn't take any caffeine yesterday or pre-workout. It's just sometimes I can't sleep, right? It's just something that happens to me. And I'm not going to go into it. But the the best advice I can give to people that are struggling to sleep or are trying to figure out what the, mo- the most optimal amount of sleep is, eight hours is the minimum recommended amount, okay? Like people say you should get eight hours a night. That is the minimum. And that's a that's a big misconception. People say six to eight hours. No, it should be eight hours as a minimum. That's how much sleep you should get every single day in order for you to function normally. If you can get more, get more. If you can go to bed it, if you have the, the ability to go to bed at nine between nine and ten o'clock and then get up at eight o'clock the next day, do that. Do that the best you can. But the thing I would say is get a standardized sleep wake time. And I, I managed to do this for a little bit, but then obviously my sleep issues kicked in but go to sleep at like 10 o'clock and wake up at six there's your minimum eight hours of sleep and you're going to have a lot more time you day to do stuff look at things like turning your, your phones off or stop looking at things at half an hour to an hour prior going to bed get blue light blocking glasses if you can't do that like things like blue like blue light affects your sleep 
it affects your circadian rhythm because blue light is what comes from the sun. And the second your body sees blue light, it's like you should be awake now. And then it takes like an hour to reset that. So there's things like that. So blue light blocking glasses have a dedicated sleep and wake time and try and get a minimum of eight hours. Um, there are sleep supplements out there. I didn't find they work super well for me. Um, Zinc, ashwagandha, melatonin, get them four inside your system, knock you the fuck out. Uh, melatonin definitely works, 100%, because that's the, that's the hormone which makes you want to go to sleep, as you say. Yeah. yeah and weed. Put that, put, put that as your sleep stack, honestly. <laughs> Zinc, ashwagandha, melatonin, weed, throw that in your system, bang, knock you the fuck out. Knock um, out. I would say seven's good, eight is better, nine is best. Um, and it does come down to your size, because uh, we're bodybuilders, let's talk about that. Because nine hours of sleep to smaller people is too much, and you'll end up getting bored. Like you'll, you won't have the energy that you require throughout the day because you've overslept. That is a thing. Um, so you just need to figure out your markers. So I would say start with seven. If you're shit, go to eight. If that's worse, go to nine. Mm. It's very rare, very rare. And I would never recommend it trying to get 10 hours of sleep a night. That's think? just mental. You're sleeping your life at that point. Fucking get the fuck up. Crack the fuck on. Start doing things. I personally like to do seven or eight hours a night. And then once a week, I'll have 10. And that's it. I'm absolutely fucking solid. I think, yeah, well, well that you've touched on a really good point. It's different for everybody. So what I think is good for me could be completely different for Louis, which it is, or and then completely different for the next person. But I think what Louis said is right. Seven's good. Eight's better. Nine's best. Um, if you can get 10 hours and you think that's going to work for you, do it. If you if you think you need less sleep, then go for it. But I will say, and this science backs this, anything less than six hours of sleep a night, you cannot function normally the next day. Even if you think you can, you'll think you're Superman, you can only have four hours of sleep. Ignore all these entrepreneurs that say they only have four hours of sleep and do a 20-minute power nap during the day. That's not backed by science. Science will say you can't function to the best of your abilities from your brain wise, not not necessarily body wise, but brain, brain wise, brain functionality. You need to get it as Louis says, at least seven hours, but eight hours is the minimum recommended, I would say. Get eight hours if you can, is what is yeah. my advice, but obviously everyone's different. Um it, I've noticed it really comes down on the on the size of you as well. The bigger you are. The, the more sleep that you do tend to need yeah. um, and the smaller they are the, the less sleep that you need uh, makes sense from a recovery standpoint you don't need to sleep more to recover further so it's pretty, pretty fucking simple but yeah 7, 8, 9 don't do anything less than 7 try not to do anything more than 9 find find your gap it's dead easy from there um, a lot like um, a lot of people overthink sleep as well so they think fuck I didn't have 8 hours therefore meh and they get like the aurora rings and you get your sleep apps and stuff and whatnot, and it tells you that your sleep was shit then that impacts you for the rest of your day. Um, I, I just literally live that rule. If I can get between seven and nine, and I'm like, I am fine the next day. But if I get less than seven, I'm fucked. And I, I know I am. So yeah. try and do that, guys. Seven, eight, and nine, though. Um, best thing when it comes to this is just get the fuck up. Get up. Yeah. Come on, get up. Get the fuck up. It doesn't matter if you're fucking... If you're off or whatever, just, just get it up. Crack on with your day. I find it crazy, right? Um, I don't know. This will be Throw it in the comments section, guys, or drop us a message. Wait, 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 me in. I want some... Lulu, wait there. Right, okay. Because what you're going to say is going to be valuable. So we're going to pause it here. We'll come back, right? 
we'll come back and then we'll uh, we'll finish with that because I don't want this to be another two and a half hour podcast. <laughs> so give me give me two seconds, mate. And we're back. And we're back. I'm gonna gonna throw it out there because I've. I'm I'm older than a lot of fucking people that are in the gym these days. Fucking hell, I'm probably one of the oldest. I literally feel like one of the blokes um, that I used to approach when I was younger. Mental. Um, but yeah, I'm obviously 31. And what I've noticed through ages, notice, as you get older, you care more about your morning. When you're younger, you don't give a fuck. But you just sleep in and you just do whatever, or you'll have three hours um, of sleep and you'll go to work the next day and you'll just bomb through and all that random crap. You don't care about your sleep and you don't care about your morning routine. But as you get older, you start putting things in place to like make sure you get up and you have a you have a routine. Um, so I'd love to know because there's quite a vast like range of different people that um for some reason follow me on Instagram and um listen to this podcast, uh, male, female, and whatever you want to be, and different ages. Do you have a morning routine? Generally, send me a direct message or the next. I put a question up on fucking Instagram or leave a comment down here of something. Get back to us. Who the fuck has a morning routine? If you don't have a morning routine, do not message me to say that. I don't care. But if you do have a morning routine, I'd love to know it because I've got a morning routine and I'm fucked if I don't do it. And if I don't do it, I'm in a foul mood for the rest of the day because I'm like, fuck, I haven't, I haven't done that. So yeah, let me know if you've got a morning routine. Be quite, be quite curious. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the... I, I will agree with what you're saying there. Like when you're younger, you don't care. You don't really have a morning routine. Because I'm twenty I'm twenty-five in a week. Um and I've only just recently started to to care about my sleep um and, and sort of the negative impacts that I could have. Like because looking back, like th- there's been times where I've been under severe physical pressure and stress and had no sleep. You know, I was in the army reserve for a you know a good a good while and the amount that your body can do under no sleep is there. You can do that. You can push yourself, but you need to recover. You build up something called sleep debt. And when you're younger, what you'll find is, you know, these, these younger kids will have no morning routine. They'll go through Monday to Friday or Saturday um, having, you know, low amounts of sleep and then getting up and then doing stuff and then feeling tired throughout the day. Then maybe have a nap and then go back to bed again and then wake up and, you know, having an hour, less than six hours of sleep a night, you'll find on the Saturday and Sunday, you'll sleep all the way through Sunday or you'll sleep most of the day Saturday and you'll sleep all day Sunday because you build up sleep death. Now there's a, I forget the, 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 the guy's name, but he's on the Joe Rogan podcast and he talks about it massively. And sleep is one of the most important things that any human, not just bodybuilders, not just people who train, but any human needs, you need sleep in order to function normally in society. I don't know. I know you've probably pulled all nighters before, haven't you Lou? Like where you just haven't slept the night before and then just carried on the day after. You feel drunk. You feel you feel pissed throughout the day. Like you'll get to a certain like 11, 12 o'clock, and you're like, oh Jesus, I probably shouldn't even drive. Like that level of you know that that's the levels that it can have on your brain, uh, the level of effect it can have on your brain. But uh, yes, sleep is massively important. Get as much as you can. That works best for you, essentially. If you feel like you need less than seven hours sleep a night, you're a liar. Um, <laughs> yeah, sleep's important. And having that's a routine in order to facilitate that, like an evening routine. Mine is, I I have a pair of blue light blocking glasses. I'll stick them on an hour before I go to bed. And if I have to look at a screen, like if I have to post something on Instagram or if I'm, you know, texting Louis because I've got a couple of questions or whatever, then the blue light blocking glasses allow me to look at screens without them impacting my, you know, going to sleep. 
But then things like not eating a massive meal within an hour before going to bed, so you you know you're not feeling full or bloated before you go to bed. For you, that might not be an issue. It might not be something you can do, Lou, because you've got to consume about twelve tons of food a day. Yeah, but but that's we're... that's that's never going to happen again. I'm really looking forward to prep so I don't have to eat as much food if I'm going to be honest yes yeah, you, can all, you can all well. quote me when I say that when I'm three weeks into prep and I'm starving and I'm hating my life every single person that listens to this podcast can go Halloween remember when you said you were looking forward to prep <laughs> I'll take that on but having said that mate I do need a gun because guess what I've got a whole fucking plate of food to eat and I've got another meal to eat after this because this took uh, two and a bit hours when it's only supposed to take an hour and twenty I know. Um, yeah, I know. Again, so another long podcast. Yes, another long podcast for you. Uh, even though we tried our best to make it shorter, but you know we like talking too much. So here's some more content for everyone uh, for you to sit and listen to over the space of a week, because that's how long it's going to take. <laughs> um, ooh, ooh. And by the way, uh, if anyone's doing cardio, fucking keep at it. Go on, you fucking legend. You are a fucking legend. Keep it going. Keep it going. We should just put little little segments in for people doing that. Just like. Are you getting your steps in? Are you doing your steps? That stairmaster's brutal, isn't it? But you look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, thank you everyone for listening to episode two of the podcast. If you've made it this far, um, drop us a message. Let us know that you've listened to it all. Um, obviously, only people listening to this will do that. So hopefully, you can. And uh, yes, yeah, stand by for episode three, where you know that might be one day we get through an entire episode of the podcast without getting an anabolics question or talking about steroids. <laughs> Probably, maybe probably but uh, the next podcast i'm going to talk about my uh my biggest inspirations of 2022 and what i'm taking into 2023 because as we found out today i'm a fucking feminist <laughs> you are a feminist you screamed it in the gym <laughs> yeah really, absolutely crazy but thank you good night much love thank you guys bye